it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have together to fellowship around the greatness of your word. We thank you, Father, for the exit of 2011 and the beginning of 2012. And, Father, I thank you because you have many things in our pathways for this year. There are open doors, there are opportunities, and there are things to come. And all we have to do, Father, is just anticipate them and activate our faith. And so, Father, as I teach this morning, I pray that the essence of what's being said will go down into the depths of everyone's hearts. And our minds will be filtered and cleansed by the word, and our faith will be raised as we hear it. So that, Father, the open doors that you have designed for our lives, we will not just hear it, but we will experience it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Every new year provide opportunities for us to start again. Everybody say start again. Start again make next level commitments and you can make next level commitments in in all kind of areas you can make them in your relationships you can you can make a another commitment to refocus to get direction in your life to increase your family to get closer to God and today what I like to do when we have our first service normally we do it in a new year's eve service but because they were so close together I decided to just have just a regular service instead of new year's eve service And hopefully everyone here this morning is sober. Look at your neighbor and say, are you sober? (laughs) How many have a hangover? Let me see your hand. No hands? Okay. Maybe it's that second bunch that's coming in here. (laughs) Today we're starting a new series and I want you to write it down. It's entitled Open Doors. Open Doors. And today's lesson, we're going to look at the process of an open door so that we can respond to it properly. Sometimes if something happens to you and you you don't really know what's going on, you can respond improperly to it. And so our theme for our church for 2012 is a year of open doors. Amen. I started praying about this earlier than I normally do. I mean, I think I started around August. And I just started asking the Lord, Lord, what do you have for Word of Truth Family Church? And slowly but surely, it narrowed down to us having a year of open doors. And then I want to just add a sub-level to it by adding a year of favorable opportunities. In other words, a year of open door and favorable opportunities. God's going to do some things in your life. He's going to open some doors in your life that you could knock down if you wanted to. Amen. 
And so we're going to look at that. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Leviticus chapter 25 first. Leviticus 25. And what I want to do before we jump into the meat of today's lesson is I want to show you that God is a God of prophetic direction. God is a God of prophetic direction. Say this with me. Say God is a God of prophetic direction. And I know some of you all had a, a pathetic direction last year. And you need a prophetic direction. Do you know what? Some, some people, they celebrated, you know, 2012 when some of you all celebrated the end of 2011. But either way, it doesn't matter. We're here now. In Leviticus 25, what I want to do is show you that God, when he wants to do something, he's going to announce it prophetically when he does it. And so you can see, and I'm going to show you throughout the Bible, is that that's what he did in Leviticus chapter 25. Look in verse 5 if you're there. Leviticus 25, 5. If you're there, say, I'm there. And it says, That which grows of its own accord of, uh, of thy harvest, and you shall not reap of it, neither gather the grapes of your vine undressed. Watch this now. For it is the year... Of rest unto the what? Unto, for rest for the land. In other words, if you notice, he declared what kind of year it's going to be. He says, you know what? I want this to be the year that your land rests. Now go over to Leviticus 25. Let's look in verse 13. Let me show you another thing here. Leviticus 25, 13. Watch this now. He says in verse 12. Let's start in verse 12. He says, for it is, it is jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. Watch verse 13. In the year of this what? What kind of year was it? It was a year of jubilee. And a year of jubilee was a year of debt cancellation. It was a year of release. It was a year that if you were in the negative or someone owed you something, you had to let it go. And so what God was doing here in the Old Testament was just announcing what he was getting ready to do in that year. Well, I'm here this morning to announce to you what God wants to do in 2012. Now go over to Luke chapter 4. Go to Luke chapter 4. Let me show you now that Jesus did the same thing. When he came on the scene, he said, you know what? I need to make a prophetic declaration. I need to announce to these people what God wants to do in this year. In Luke chapter 4, if you're there, say, I'm there. We're going to look now in verses 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. He says, and this was Jesus talking, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to, and, the, and the recovery of sight to the blind. Watch this. To set at liberty those that are bruised. And watch this. To preach the acceptable what? Year of the Lord. Now, I love the Amplified. This is what it says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth uh, as delivered those who are oppressed, who are trodden down, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Watch this. Uh, this is the last verse. To proclaim the acceptable and accepted year of the Lord. The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. 
He says, I came here to announce to you that God came to do those things. And he's not just going to do it. It says here, he's going to do it freely and he's going to do it in a profuse way. In other words, it's going to come out in a large way. So Jesus came on the scene to announce to people, hey, this is what God is wanting to do. Now, I can tell you this. I've been wrong a lot about a lot of stuff. You can ask my wife about that. But when it comes to me declaring what God says, I ain't wrong that much. As a matter of fact, I don't say it a lot because I don't want to be wrong. But I tell you what, when I tell you the Lord says something, you can hook it up, put it on your truck, and take it home. And I'm telling you, God's going to open some doors for you this year. Now go to Revelation chapter 3. Go to Revelation 3. Go to Revelation 3. Let me show you. Uh, I changed actually uh, our main theme verse to this verse because I like it better. Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to look in verse 8. I love this. He says in verse 8, he says, I know your works. Now this is Jesus talking. Behold, I have set before you, what class? A what? An open door. And watch this now. And no man can shut it. In other words, Jesus told this group. He says, you know what? I am setting before you an open door. And when I open it, nobody can close it. And I'm saying to you, God's got some doors that he's going to open for you and can't nobody stop it. Your boss can't stop the promotion God has for you. The government can't stop that business you're trying to start. Amen. And a door can be literal or figurative uh, in the Bible. But when you define it, it's an opening. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to move forward into something. A door is designed for you to open and move into. Many people stare at doors. Some other people knock on doors. And that's good too. But doors are designed for you to go through them. Someone say amen to that. Now, let me... Go back to uh, Revelation. Let's look in verse 20. Because an open door starts with, it starts within before it starts from without. See, when, 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 when God says he wants to open a door, it's got to first start on the inside. And then it works its way on the outside. When you look at uh, uh, most professional athletes, when you interview them, most of them will tell you they play the game in their head before they play it on the field. In Revelation chapter 3, look in verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the what, class? He said, I'm standing at the door. Who's standing at the door? He says, I'm standing at the door and knock. Watch this. If any man hear my voice and what? Okay, so that says I can hear it and not open it. He says, you hear my voice and open the door. I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. So here Jesus said that he's standing at the door so he can open the door. Now watch this. An open door starts from within. What does that mean? That means that I have to internalize God's promise 
for me. That's why you can have people in a congregation, one person getting a breakthrough and the other person breaking down, even though they're hearing the same word, one is internalizing the word and one is externalizing their circumstances. Did y'all get that? Every response to any door starts with our hearts. Write down Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. That same version, uh, uh, same verse in another version says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. In other words, when God makes a promise, it's got to start on the inside. And then you will see it on the outside. Go to Acts chapter 24. Go to Acts 24. Acts 24. Let me show you this. See, you, 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 when you're trying to internalize God's promise, you can't be internalizing your hurts. Some things you're just going to have to get over. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, he ain't talking to me right now. And look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, he ain't talking to me either. I'm over everything. Acts chapter 24, you have to internalize the promise, but in order to do that, your heart, which is where you internalize it at, has to be free from hurt, pain, and issues. In Acts 24, 16, it says, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense towards God and towards man. In other words, whatever bad has happened, I've let it go. I'm not going to hold nobody. I'm not going to hold them hostage. You know why? Because it's hurting me, not them. And I don't know about you, but in order for you to, listen, you got to close a door sometimes to get, to get to an open door. See, when you leave your house, you have to close your house door and then you have to open your car door. Well, there are some things that have happened to you. You just got to close the door and lock it. Amen. Here's a take-home thought or statement that I want you to think about or write down. A clogged heart produces a closed door. A clogged heart produces a closed door. And here's the opposite of that. An open heart produces an open door. I can prove it to you. Let's go back now. To, uh, go back to Revelation chapter 3. Go back to Revelation 3. I didn't finish reading the part that I want to show you here. Revelation 3. But I'm going to start in verse 21 this time. Revelation 3. And then I'm going to start reading in verse 21. I'm going to show you here that you have to internalize and it starts from your heart. Revelations 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Verse 21. To him that overcomes will I grant him to sit with me at my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down by my father in his throne. Watch, watch verse 22. He that has an ear, let him what? Hear what the what? Spirit is saying. So this is not necessarily a physical ear because most people have those. But sometimes when God is speaking, you got to open up your spiritual heart and say, what is he actually saying to me? Well, I'm telling you today what he's saying. He's saying, I got some doors open for you. 
He's saying, and you, you know what? And when you get there, I don't want you to be intimidated. I don't want you to act like you don't fit. I don't want you to act like you don't belong. I want you to know that when I open this door for you, it is for you. And he's telling me to tell some of you all that when he opens the door for you, it may not be for other people. So don't try to drag your whole family in the door because it ain't their door. It's your door. So what's the first step you have to do in order to open yourself up to receive an open door? Here's the first one. You got to believe and expect that there are some doors out there for you. I'm going to say that again. You must believe and expect that there are some doors of opportunities out there that God has for you with your name on it. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians 2. 2 Corinthians 2. You got to believe. I mean, you got to believe it with all your heart that there are some doors open for you. When I got ready to finish college, right before I finished, I was probably, uh, I was in my last year, and the economy was probably kind of like this, maybe a little better, but it was bad too. Jobs were scarce, and everybody was, was running around, you know, what am I going to do? What am, and so while they were confessing that, I was confessing that I would have more jobs than I had to be able to choose from. So I was walking around saying, Father, I thank you that when I graduate, before I finish, I'll have a job. Well, I had options before I finished school. And one of the options that God gave me, it's, it was funny, one of them was a government job, and the other one wasn't. The government job paid more than the one he led me to take. How many know both of them were open doors? But see, every door ain't your door. And you have to have spiritual discernment. I'm going to show you here in just a second. You have to have spiritual discernment to know which door should I go through. Because sometimes many doors open up at one time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, watch what Paul said. He says, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was what? Open unto me of the Lord. Who opened the door? The Lord did. The Lord gave him an open door. And notice that the open door came because he was doing something for Jesus. I believe when we wake up every day with a, with a mindset of I'm living for God today. I'm going to live for Christ. For Christ I live and for Christ I die. When you have that kind of attitude, God's going to open the door for you. And he opened the door for Paul because Paul was going out to do uh, the work of, of, of Christ. That shows that faith without works is dead. You can hear the message, but if you do nothing with it, all you have is belief. Amen. And so one of the things you got to do, you got to just make up your mind. You know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna wait, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to do something for Jesus today. I'm going to do something for... I'm going to witness to somebody. I'm going to not cuss somebody out. See, that's some of y'all's goals. Y'all need to have a goal. I am not going to cuss today. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. How many want to do it sometime? Let me see. See, some of y'all lying right now. I already on the first day of, uh, first day of the year. Go to 1 Corinthians 16. I know I'm having you turn, but you'll be fine here. 1 Corinthians 16. You got to believe and expect that God's going to open the door for you. And you know what? It can come at, at the most unusual time. When you're not expecting. See, that's why if you're single, you need to act like 
you want to meet somebody. Don't wake up and just put on some wrinkled clothes because you're just going down to the grocery store. Ain't shaved, look like you the, the bear or something. No, no, no. Put, get yourself together. Act like you're going to meet that woman or that man. Put, listen, brush the teeth. Goggle. So when they say hello to you, you won't blow them away. You say, well, pastor, it's midnight. You never know. God could have had that man to wake up at midnight to go grocery shopping. Everybody, you have to be prepared for an open door. In 1 Corinthians 16, 99, watch what it says. He says, for a great door, everybody say a great door. I know I'm in the middle of it, but for a great door, an effectual door is opened to who? Now, notice he didn't say it's open to us. He said it's open to me. And then he goes on to say, which I'm going to teach on. And there are many adversaries because sometimes when God opens a door, you may experience opposition. But listen, opposition should be a sign to you that you're on the right track, not that you're on the wrong track. And many times we see opposition and we stop pushing. When opposition is really should be your sign that this door is open for me. See, some doors, you know, it says, ask and you shall be given, seek and you shall find. What else? Knock and it shall be what? Well, listen, I wouldn't have to knock if it was already open. And so sometimes you got to knock the door down. Amen. Now go to John 10 as we get ready to close this. Go to John 10. This is the part that I really wanted to get to. I, I should have rushed all the rest of that. John chapter 10. Because I believe this is one of the main keys to uh, walking through an open door. In Revelations 3.8, just write it down because we just turned to it. But Jesus said, if any man hear my voice. And the only way you're going to hear God's voice on a consistent basis is if you interact with him on a consistent basis. See, I've discovered some people have replaced fellowship with God with fellowship time. Y'all missed that. I'm going to say it again, though. A lot of believers have replaced fellowship with God with fellowship time. In other words, oh, I, I had my fellowship this morning. All you did was read your Bible. You prayed a prayer to yourself. You haven't interacted with God at all. You just went through some spiritual calisthenics to make you feel better that day. But my question is, did you interact with God? Because if you did, you will leave out of that place different than when you walked in. Amen. Watch it says in John chapter 10, look in verse, what I tell you what verse? We're going to start in verse 1. John 10, 1. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that enters not by the door... Watch this now. Into the sheepfold, but climb some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now, let me just stop right here and help you see something. This is not talking about a sheep. This is somebody who's pretending to be a shepherd. In other words, this is a person who is a self-proclaimed pastor. Listen, if there, are, if there is a 
God, then there is a devil. If there is a real, then there is a counterfeit. Then if there is a counterfeit, then guess what? There's a real pastor and there's some fake ones. And Jesus is saying here, he says, whoever this person is, if they come up into the sheepfold any other way, they are what? Thief and a robber. Look in verse 2. But he that enters in by the what? Door is the what? Shepherd of the sheep. So it's not talking about sheep right now. It's talking about first the shepherd. Because some people don't know that they are listening to people who are proclaiming to be pastors and they're not. Listen, you need to check the fruit of somebody's life before you sit under their ministry. No, no, no. Listen to me. You know, uh, one of the members sent me a text and it was some kind of prayer call, you know, uh, so I guess they was praying on the phone, and so they asked me, Pastor, you going to listen? I said, no. They said, why? I said, I don't know that person praying. They could be praying over here with their hands up and over here sleeping with everybody's mama. Okay. Watch what he says here. Verse 3. To him, to him, him who? Him who comes in through the door. Who's the door? Jesus. He says, I am the door. No man can come through the Father, but how? Through me. So first they have to come through the door. And when they do, the porter of that door is going to allow this person to come to the sheep. And to him the porter opened, verse 3, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's why a lot of people are so confused these days spiritually, because they're listening to everybody. Listen, I hate to tell you, but Christian TV is not all good. Watch what it says in verse 4. And he who puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they, the sheep, know what? His voice. And a stranger, they will not what? Follow, but will what? Don't listen to strangers. You know what? Everybody say years ago. Uh, I would tell you the denomination, but I'm, I don't want to offend nobody because they, they may listen to the podcast. But... Uh, there is a, I had a friend of mine, and he was uh, of this denomination. If I describe it, you'll know, but I'm not going to say the name. And uh, they believed they were the only church that would go to heaven. Okay? And they also believed that if you did not get baptized, you weren't saved. They didn't use music when they did worship. I'm getting real specific right now, ain't I? Uh-huh. And then you couldn't even wear makeup and clothes in some cases. Okay. And so this friend would come to me and he knew I was saved. He knew I was saved because I, I, I looked saved. I mean, I was, I'm telling you, man, I, he knew I was saved. And so he was inviting me to his Bible study for his church. And so I figured, you know, if okay, he come to my, I go to his, he'll come to mine. Well, after telling him no so many times, finally I was like, you know what, let me just go to his Bible study. And when I went to the Bible study, right, I'm not kidding you, people were standing up, going up to the front, confessing their sins. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? 
So I'm sitting there because I'm waiting for the pastor to get up there and confess his sin. Come on now, everybody in this room done something wrong this week now. Okay, let me put it. You know, how many have ever done something wrong in your life? Let me see. Then you were a sinner then. And they got up there. So watch this. The Lord told me after I left, the guy kept asking me to come again. The Lord said, Evan, stop listening to him. And some of you all just need to stop listening to some folk. Just stop listening to them. They have no fruit in their life. And then some of them that do, the fruit is rotten. You know, you can look saved on the outside and on the inside. You're not sa- you, you know, they might be saved, but they're controlling all on the inside. Try- okay. Let me read this in the Amplified. It says, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold but climbs up other way elsewhere from some other quarter is a thief and a robber. But he who enters in the door by the, by the shepherd, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman of the door for this man and the sheep listen to his voice and they heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and bring, brings and leads them out. When he has brought his own sheep aside, He walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never on any account follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice or the strangers. They uh, they recognize his call. Now, let me just tell you why I'm telling you this. Because, see, when some doors open, you got to watch who's telling you about the door. In other words... Uh, everybody say years ago. Years ago, you know, I had a friend named Danny. Danny turned me on the weed. Y'all know about Danny, right? So, uh, you know, I, Danny, me, it was me, Big Sid, some other, Steve. I know Steve. Steve, you here this morning? Steve, come to the second service. Uh-huh, I'm, I'm calling names this morning. I ain't in this by myself. All right? So, Big Sid... Steve and me, we was all going to Keys Park, you know, where they used to hang out back in the day. I don't know if they still hang out now, but it was back in the day. We all hanging out. And uh, Danny was with us. So Danny shows up, and Danny ain't got no weed paper. Well, you can't smoke without a weed, without weed paper unless you have a bone. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Anyway... So Danny asked, hey, man, just stop people and ask them for some weed paper. So as the traffic was circling around, you know, we stopping people. Hey, man, you got, weed, you got some weed paper, man? You, got some, you know, we probably give them a, a joint or something just for helping us, you know. And so we started, like, clogging up traffic. Well, Danny was the one clogging up the traffic. So these dudes come out, walk up to the car. And I'm laying on Big Sid's windshield, chilling. Man, I'm high. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the day. It was Sunday. <laughs> the Lord's Day. <laughs> Y'all, this is like 30-some years ago, okay? I wasn't even saved, all right? So I'm sitting on this. I'm laying on the windshield. And this guy comes up to me, all in my face. And he says, what, where is that dude at? I was like, what dude? He's like, you know that short dude that was with you? I was like, I'm not telling you where he is. 
You know, like, because Danny had left. Because most of the people that open the door, that's trouble, they leave. <laughs> Danny had already left. So they were like, well, where is he? I was like, I'm not telling you. So the guy just hauls off and hits me. Boom! <laughs> My back breaks the windshield on Big Sid's car. Oh, it was a brawl after that. Steve beat the dude up, man. I appreciate Steve. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> so I still hadn't got my lick in. I was like, no, I got to get him. So I got in the trunk, you know, those, the, 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 the jacks. Not this part, but the long part. I'm running in down Keys Park with that thing in my... You know, I was little, so it was really heavy, so I couldn't run fast. I... Then I was like, forget it. I just threw it at it. Some people can open the wrong door. But God has some open doors for you in 2012 that's not meant for everybody. And that door he opens for you is going to bless you, is going to encourage you, is going to strengthen you, is going to prosper you. Listen. You're going to look back and you're not going to know your life in 2012 because God's going to do some things that you've been wanting him to do, and, but you weren't ready, but he's saying you're ready now. See, you're ready for the right man because you've been telling the wrong man no, so you're ready now. You're ready for the right woman now because you stopped dating the wrong ones. You're ready right now. Oh, you're ready for that promotion because now you can take orders without getting a bad attitude. Oh, you're ready right now. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm ready for an open door. I'm telling you. So you're going to look back, and I need you to get this way down off in your spirit. I don't care if you walk in tomorrow and they fire you, say, thank you, there's another open door for me. I mean, when you know that 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 you know it, that you know, that you know, that you know what you know? Man, you can know what you know if you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when God, listen, listen, when we was trying to get our house, man, I had to put my dukes up. Ain't no time to be bamsy, pamsy. Oh, I, I don't know if the Lord want us to move. I don't, what? Man, sometimes you got to let the hood and you out. What? <laughs> Even if you can't fight, you better act like it. Amen. And I'm telling you, Word of Truth Family Church, God's going to open some doors for y'all. And it's designed to prosper the kingdom and to prosper you and to better your life and to better your health. Listen, there are some doors of opportunity that you didn't even know existed. In fact, stand up. I want to declare over you. I want to declare over you. Hallelujah. Father, what I do know is that you told me this would be a year of open doors and favorable opportunities. And so, Father, I declare over your people that open doors have already started. Opportunities are, have already started flowing their way. 
Doors of favor are swinging wide open right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you today that we'll look back a year from now and see the doors that you opened. Thank you, Father, for doors of blessing, doors of prosperity, doors, Father, of healing and health, doors of restoration in marriages, doors, Father, of opportunities that, Father, we couldn't even imagine if we tried. And so, Lord, we position ourselves today. We're letting go of the things that are in the past. And, Father, we're positioned today to say, Lord, open the door for us. And I thank you, Father, that more is in store for Word of Truth Family Church. More is in store for those who are connected. More is in store for the body of Christ. And I thank you now for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe it's going to be a year of open doors, come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you would.